بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So I'd like to start by welcoming all of you to another in our series of the beautiful names of Allah. And as you know, or maybe as most of you know, perhaps some of you are coming new to this series. In each week, we are covering some of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the beginning, perhaps it will be a little bit slower than normal because we are covering in more detail. And then as we get forward, perhaps we will cover more names in the week. And so in this bi-monthly class, it happens twice a month, on the first and the third week of every month, we cover some of the names of Allah and their meanings and how to implement them in our lives. And today is an amazing topic for us to deal with and an amazing two names from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we need to address and we need to understand and that is the two names Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim and really these are two of the greatest names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the most oft repeated names in the Qur'an and they are among the names that are repeated many 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 times in the Qur'an from this is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa the most merciful Ar-Rahman has risen over the throne and the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, ثُمَّ اسْتَوَىٰ عَلَى الْعَرْشِ الرَّحْمَانِ Then he rose over the throne, Ar-Rahman. And the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, إِنِّي أَخَافُ أَيَّ مَسَّكَ عَذَابٌ مِّنَ الرَّحْمَانِ Indeed, I fear that you will be affected by a punishment from Ar-Rahman, from the Most Merciful. And the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, رَبِّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَ الرَّحْمَانِ Lord of the heavens and the earth, and whatever is between them, Ar-Rahman. And the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal, Ar-Rahman عَلَّمَ الْقُرْآنِ As for the name Ar-Rahim, and we're going to cover the meanings in a very short while, but as for this name Ar-Rahim, then mostly it comes in one of two different ways. Either it is restricted to a particular group, meaning that it is mentioned with regard to a specific group or category of people. Such as the statement of Allah And he is ever towards the believers merciful. Or it comes attached to the name Ar-Rahman. Like in Surah Al-Fatiha, and like in the Basmala, and like uh, when it comes attached to other names such as the statement of Allah Al-Aziz Al-Rahim, Al-Ghafoor Al-Rahim, Al-Barr Al-Rahim, Al-Tawwab Al-Rahim. And I want to add to this a principle that I haven't told you about yet, but I've alluded to it in our very first lesson, and I just want to really emphasize it to you. Do you remember in our very first lesson, one of the principles we covered is we said all of the names of Allah are the pinnacle of perfection. They are the best of the best. Like they say, They have reached the pinnacle of 
perfection and beauty. That's why we call them the beautiful names of Allah, the perfect names of Allah. That's true for each individual name. So Ar-Rahman in itself is the peak of beauty and perfection in mercy. And Ar-Rahim is the peak and beauty of perfection in mercy in a different way as we're going to cover. And Al-Aziz is the peak and mercy of perfection, is the peak of perfection and the pinnacle of perfection and the height of beauty in Izzah, in his might and his strength and his power and his honor. And Al-Ghafoor is the peak and the, the top, the best of perfection in Al-Maghfirah, in forgiveness. And Al-Barr, and likewise At-Tawwab. But there is another kind of perfection with regard to the names of Allah that we haven't yet covered. And that is what we call perfection when two names are joined together. So when these two names are joined together, each individual name is perfect. And then there is a perfection on top of the perfection that comes from the individual names. Like Allah said, Nurun ala Nur, light upon light, perfection upon perfection. There is perfection in each name is perfect, and the joining of those two names together is perfect. And I will give you an example so that I can illustrate this principle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very frequently in the Quran mentions that He is Al Aziz Al Hakim. We haven't covered those two names and we'll cover them in another session insha'Allah, but let's just understand the principle. Al-Aziz comes from Al-Izzah, comes from might and comes from strength and power. Now if you think about this relating to a human being, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى To Allah belongs the highest example. If you think about Izzah relating to a human being, you think of a king, you think of, you know, um, someone of great status and power and might and you even maybe think of them as being a bit tyrannical a bit kind of you know like a bull in a china shop and you know this strength and power they ruin people and they crush people and they destroy people and then you think about al-hakim as it relates to a human being wise what do you think of a wise human being an old man, probably with a white beard, very weak, very, you know, unable to defend himself, but he has a lot of wisdom. Allah Azza wa Jal, there is nothing like him. And walillahi al-mathalul to Allah belongs the best example. But understand this, when Allah mentions al-Aziz al-Hakim, he is sending you a message. The message he is sending you is not only is his izzah, his might, absolutely perfect. Not only is his hikmah absolutely perfect, his wisdom perfect, but his might is used with wisdom and his wisdom is backed up with might. Unlike a human being who when you think of them having might, you think of them behaving like a tyrant. And when you think of them having wisdom, you think of them being very soft and very weak and very frail. But Allah Azza wa Jal is perfect in His wisdom and perfect in His might. He exercises His might with wisdom and He powers His or He backs up His wisdom with might. And that is the benefit of joining these two names together. So I want you guys to think Whenever we come across any of the names of Allah that come together, don't just think about each name, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. But why did Allah Azza wa Jal include Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim in the same joining phrase, in the same ayah or the same sentence, the same point together? Why did Allah Azza wa Jal include those two in the same place there is a benefit in both each individual name has a study and the benefit of joining the names together has a study
And just to give you the significance of these two names, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, it's enough for you to realize that Allah Azza wa Jal began every single surah of the Quran with the exception of Surah Al-Tawbah with the words, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Mentioning three names of Allah, Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And we should understand what the ba means when we say Bismillah, so we understand what the meaning here is. The scholars of tafsir, they say the ba here is ba'ul isti'ana. It is the ba of seeking help. So you are saying, Oh Allah, I seek your help. Oh Allah, Oh Ar-Rahman, Oh Ar-Rahim, in what I am doing. And there is fi'lun muqaddar. There is a verb that is understood from the sentence. That is whatever you are about to do. For example, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Atlu Al Quran. In the name of Allah, the most merciful, the bestower of mercy, I recite the Quran. And the reason this verb is not mentioned at the end of the sentence is to make the Basmala universal for every need. So you don't have to memorize Bismillahi atlu, Bismillahi arka, Bismillahi aqul, Bismillahi aqra, Bismillahi usalli, Bismillahi. You don't have to memorize all of these things. It is automatically filled in for you that whatever you are about to begin when you say Bismillahi rahman rahim you are seeking the help of Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, to fulfill your task and your aim. We should also note while we are talking about the Basmala, even though this is on a side topic, but it's worth noting that there are times when you should say Bismillah and there are times when you should say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is primarily when you are reciting uh, the Quran. As for elsewhere, and it's not universal, but as for generally elsewhere, then you restrict yourself to Bismillah. For example, eating. We sometimes see some brothers when they eat, they say, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, and this is not uh, the best way, or this is not correct, the correct way of doing things. They should say Bismillah. They should suffice themselves with the Sunnah. But in any case, here in the Quran, we begin every single chapter of the Quran and every recitation of the Quran, with the exception of Surah Al-Bara, Surah Al-Tawbah, with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim is a part of the ayat of the Qur'an and there is no disagreement in this because of the statement innahu min sulaiman wa innahu bismillahir rahmanir rahim this came from sulaiman and indeed it came to us written at the beginning in the name of allah the most merciful the bestower of mercy and the scholars differed over whether bismillahir rahmanir rahim is the first ayah in surah al-fatiha or whether it is an introduction to the surah and as you guys know uh, in the mushaf of uh, Hafs and Asim it is the first ayah of Surah Al-Fatiha and in some of the other qiraat and the other masahif it is an introduction to the surah and they split uh, the last ayah into two in any case this is part of the importance of Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim when Jibreel would descend to the Prophet وسلم, with revelation, he would descend beginning Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And generally, when we begin our recital of the Quran, we begin with Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And there is some fiqh in this that I'm not going to go into. What if you start in the middle of the surah, or what if you resume your recitation? But in general, we begin our recitation with. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. And this is just some of the points of importance with regard to just how important these two names are and how frequently they are mentioned in the Quran. So I want to come now to the principles we've covered. Every name is backed up by an attribute. So what is the attribute that comes or that is related to Ar Rahman? and the attribute related to Ar-Rahim. They both come from the attribute of Ar-Rahmah, mercy.
But clearly there is a difference between the two. Because there are no synonyms. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Allah says, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahman. He says, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So there is a difference between Ar-Rahman and there is a difference between Ar-Rahim. But the origin, the attribute of origin is mercy. But one is speaking about mercy in a particular way and one is speaking about mercy in another way. And the scholars differed over the difference between the two. And I'm going to give you two opinions and I'll tell you which one is the stronger of the two. The first opinion is that Ar-Rahman refers to the general mercy that Allah has for all of his creation. And that Ar-Rahim refers to the special mercy that Allah reserves for the believers on the Day of Judgment. So everyone understand this? Ar-Rahman, according to this first opinion, refers to the general mercy of Allah that has wasi'at kulla shay, that has encompassed everything. And Ar-Rahim, the special mercy which Allah has reserved for the believers Yawm Qiyamah. And in this regard, there is a hadith, an important hadith, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, or an important hadith in which the Prophet says about Allah, indeed Allah has 100 mercies or 100 parts of his mercy. And he has sent down to this dunya only one piece of that, only one hundredth of that mercy. Between the jinn and the men, the animals and the beasts. And in this one hundredth of the mercy of Allah has been sent down to this dunya for everyone. It's not a hundredth to the jinn and a hundredth to the men and a hundredth to the animal. A hundredth between all of us, between all of Allah's creation on this earth. Because of this mercy, they have mercy on one another. Or because of this mercy, there is kindness between them. And because of this mercy, they have mercy on one another. And because of this, the horned animal or not the horned animal, the, the hooved animal, lifts its foot from its child, not so it does not trample it. The animal lifts its foot from its, its child, its offspring, so that it does not trample it. And Allah has kept aside 99 mercies by which he will have mercy upon his slaves on the day of judgment. And this hadith is mutafaqun alayhi, al Bukhari and Muslim. So some of the scholars took this hadith to be the explanation of the difference between Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. So they said that this hadith is the difference between the two. Meaning Ar-Rahman refers to this, the one who has sent down this one hundredth of mercy by which it is general for everything. That his mercy, وَرَحْمَةُ وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ His mercy has was Allah said, My mercy has encompassed every single thing. And that Ar-Rahim refers to this 99 parts of mercy which have been reserved for the believers Yawm Al-Qiyamah. But this opinion is marujuh. It's not the correct opinion. And the reason is that it doesn't match all of the ayat of the Quran. It matches some of the ayat of the Quran, but it doesn't match all of the ayat of the Quran. For example, the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal in Surah Al-Baqarah that Allah is to the people. إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِالنَّاسِ or towards the people. بِالنَّاسِ نَاسِ لَرَعُوفٌ بِالنَّاسِ لَرَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ that Allah is towards the people and nas, and here it doesn't say the believers, towards the people, ra'ufun rahim, kind and merciful. 
which brings us to the second opinion and this opinion has two strong points to it the first is it matches all of the ayat and the second is it matches the language of the meaning of rahman upon the pattern fa'lan and rahim upon the pattern fa'il and that is that rahman ar-rahman refers to the attribute of mercy which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and which encompasses every single thing. And that Ar-Rahim refers to the giving of that mercy or the bestowing of that mercy to whomsoever Allah Azza wa Jal wills, whether they are in this dunya or in the akhirah, whether it is temporary or permanent, whether it is small or big, that Ar-Rahman refers to sifatun lazimah a permanent attribute of mercy that is within Allah, the mercy that encompasses everything, the, the fact that He is the most merciful. And that Ar-Rahim refers to the giving of that mercy and the bestowing of that mercy. And that is because the pattern fa'lan, like Rahman, indicates this, it indicates a, a description which is describing the one who you are speaking of. And fa'il, like Rahim, indicates the, the, the action of carrying out what that attribute indicates. So I believe the best translation for Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, is to say that Ar-Rahman is the most merciful and that Ar-Rahim is the bestower of mercy meaning that Ar-Rahman refers to the mercy that Allah has and Ar-Rahim refers to the fact that He gives out that mercy. Now He has given out 100th of that mercy in this dunya and 99 out of 100 He has kept to give to the believers in the Akhirah. But both the dunya and the Akhirah He is giving this mercy to people and withholding it from people. He is sending it upon people and in greater and smaller amounts according to his wisdom. And this is the meaning of Ar-Rahim, the one who bestows mercy, the one who gives out mercy to whoever he wills. And that's why our Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak Al-Abbad, Ta'ala, he said in his book, فالرحمن الذي رحمته الذي الرحمه وصفه الذي الرحمه وصفه الرحمن is the one who الرحمه is his attribute and the most merciful and he said والرحيم الراحم لعباده the meaning of Rahim is the one who has mercy upon his slaves. So this is an attribute that is with Allah, that Allah is the most merciful, but it is not an attribute which is restricted or limited to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sense that it doesn't, it doesn't reach us. Ar-Rahim indicates that it is an attribute that it reaches us and we see it in our lives. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And the evidence for this, وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ rahima. He is towards the believers, Rahim. And Allah's statement, إِنَّهُ بِهِمْ رَؤُوفٌ Rahim. Indeed, He is towards them, kind and merciful. And in no place in the Qur'an does Allah say Rahmanun bi'ibadihi that He is Rahman towards His slaves. He says He is Rahim towards His slaves. But that He Himself is Ar-Rahman. And that's why also you don't see Ar-Rahim allama al-Qur'an. You see Ar-Rahman allama al-Qur'an. He is Ar-Rahman who taught the Qur'an. And he is to his slaves, Rahim. So we understand that Rahman is the sifa, the description or the attribute of Allah, the one who, Ar-Rahma is his attribute. 
And Ar-Rahim refers to the action of being merciful towards his slaves. And we affirm these actions for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from our aqeedah, from our belief is that we affirm the actions that Allah affirms for himself and he does them whenever he wishes subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that befits his infinite majesty and perfection. So we are from those people who affirm that Allah bestows mercy. We do not say that Allah does not bestow mercy. How can Allah bestow mercy? No, Allah bestows mercy, but he bestows it whenever he wills and to whoever he wills. Just like he speaks to whoever he wills and he does not speak to whoever he wills. And he punishes whoever he wills and he does not punish whoever he wills. Likewise, he bestows mercy upon whoever he wills and he withholds that mercy from whoever he wills either partially or completely according to a wisdom that is with him subhanahu wa ta'ala and he does it in a way that is befitting to his majesty and his supremacy and his perfection subhanahu wa ta'ala so these two names indicate for us the perfection of the mercy of Allah and the vastness of the mercy of Allah so the entire world, both the heavens and the earth, and every benefit that they receive, and every good that happens to them, and every evil that is kept away from them, happens for no other reason than the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this is from Athar rahmatillah, from the effects of the mercy of Allah azza wa Because nobody brings benefit except for him and nobody removes harm except for him. So all of the benefits that you see in this dunya and all of the good that you experience happens to you because of the mercy of Allah. And every bad thing that is kept away from you happens to you because of the mercy of Allah Not because we are so pious and so excellent and so beloved to Allah and his awliya that we deserve it, no. As Allah said, Fadlan min Allahi wa ni'mah. It is a grace from Allah and a blessing. Guidance from Allah, the, the good things that we have, the rain that falls, the crops that grow, this is from the effects of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah told us through the Prophet وسلم, that his mercy has preceded his anger. And we affirm both of these for Allah We're going to talk about the anger of Allah in another, another session, inshaAllah. But we affirm the anger of Allah. We affirm that Allah becomes angry in a way that is befitting to His majesty and His perfection. But at the same time, His mercy has been given precedence over His anger. And this is a part of the perfection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I always remember whenever I speak to a Christian, they always struggle with this issue. They say that God is love. He only loves. So he loves the murderer and the killer and the child abductor and you know, just the same as he loves you because he is just love. We say, no, this is not true. Rather Allah azza wa jal bestows mercy and he also sends punishment and he shows his anger and he shows his love subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way that befits his majesty but his mercy has been given precedence over his anger meaning that you can't have a 50 50 you know because this is not perfection but the perfection is that allah has both of those attributes mercy and anger because at the end of the day there has to be a balance otherwise it's imperfect but still despite that balance his mercy has been given precedence over his anger subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's not like you can deny the mercy of Allah you know when you look around you the mercy of Allah is in everything that you see it can't be denied 
It has filled everything between the heavens and the earth. Even, and many people maybe don't quite see this angle, of the mercy of Allah as it relates to his legislation. Even his punishment is a rahmah. Even his punishment is a rahmah in terms of the reason that it is legislated. You have in retribution life. Meaning in the fact that we are commanded to take a life for a life, there is life. What life is there? There is the protection of people from doing this sin in the first place. There is the mercy of not allowing the society to be corrupted by killing. There is the mercy of protecting the life of the victims and the victims' families. So even the punishments of Allah the hudud of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are rahmah, are a mercy from Allah because they have been sent. And even his punishment in this dunya has an element of his mercy. Because if Allah wanted to punish you with Al-Adabul Akbar, the major punishment, you would not be left afterwards to tell the tale. Like Allah told us, and we make them taste. Min Al-Adabil Adana, from the small punishment, instead of the large punishment, Al-Adabil Akbar, in the hope that they will return, in the hope they will repent, they will come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even when Allah gives you some taste of a trial or a test or a punishment in this life, it is a mercy from Him subhanahu wa ta'ala to wake you up before a day comes when you might find yourself outside of the special mercy that Allah reserves for the believers. And none of us want to find us outside of that special mercy. So Allah gives you a taste of some of the minor punishment so that you may return to him. And this is a mercy. And Allah commands that the person who kills another person without right is killed as a mercy. And Allah commands his hudud, his punishments and his rules and regulations as a mercy. The whole of the Sharia of Islam is a mercy. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was sent as a mercy. And perhaps he is one of the greatest signs of the mercy of Allah. One of the greatest signs of the mercy of Allah. And when you think how merciful he was, and then you think that his mercy compares nothing to the mercy of Allah, then you imagine how great the mercy of Allah is. When the Prophet ﷺ returned from At-Ta'if and his people had thrown him out and they had thrown stones upon him and they had taken him away from Ta'if and none of them had accepted his message, Allah sent the angel of the mountains. And the angel of the mountains made an offer to the Prophet ﷺ. Allah has given you the, the opportunity, the freedom to choose that if you wish, I will crush your people between these two mountains. Or I will crush the mountain upon the people. And your people will be finished like the people of Nuh, like the people of the people of the past, the people of Lut, who came and Allah destroyed them in one single punishment. If you wish, I have been given authority by Allah to crush the mountains upon your people. And the Prophet ﷺ said no. Because perhaps Allah will bring out from their loins a people who will say La ilaha illallah. Look at the mercy of the Prophet ﷺ. Could you do that to anybody? That you have just been stoned, you've been thrown with, pelted with stones, you've been rejected by your people, you've been called every name, you've been left alone, and then you get an option. If you want, revenge is yours. There is no La tathrib alayk. There is no gonna be no account for you if you want re revenge is yours just say the word and i will give the full revenge they are gone and he says no perhaps allah will bring out from their offspring a people who will worship allah alone or a people who will say la ilaha illallah and then you think that the mercy that he showed 
is nothing in comparison to the mercy of Allah In fact, in this regard, I mean, we have many ayat. We have the ayat, the ayah in which Allah said, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ My mercy has encompassed everything. But in this regard, we have another hadith that came to mind to mention to you regarding a woman. And this woman, uh, in some of the narrations, it mentions that she would look for her, a child or her child, and that whenever she would find that child, she would lift the child up to feed the child, to give the child milk. And she was so sensitive and caring for this child. And while this was going on, the Prophet ﷺ said, do you see or do you think that this woman would ever throw her child into the hellfire? Now this is a woman who is, every time the child opens his mouth, she's picking the child up to feed the child. She's so caring and, and compassionate for this child. And the Prophet ﷺ said to the companions, do you think this woman would throw her own child into the hellfire? The companion said, La wallah, no by Allah. As long as she was able not to throw him, and as long as there was nothing to force her to do it, she would never, as long as she had the power, she would never throw that child into the hellfire. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Allahu arhamu bi'ibadihi min hadihi biwaladiha. Allah is more merciful to his servants than this woman would be merciful to her child. And the mercy that is shown by this woman to her child, Allah will be more merciful to you. As I recall, it was Sufyan al-Thawri, rahimahullah ta'ala, but I might be wrong about that, who was asked if you had a choice on the day of judgment between your father judging you and Allah judging you. Your father is never going to throw you into the hellfire. Who would you choose? And he said, I would choose Allah because Allah would be more merciful to me than him. That is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a mercy that we, we can't describe, we can't find words to, to bring to you just how merciful Allah is. And Allah is Arhamur Rahimin. And some of the scholars affirm this as a name of Allah, by the way. Some of the scholars affirmed another name of Allah, Arhamur Rahimin, the most merciful of those who show mercy. And some of them said it's an attribute of Allah. But Allah is Arhamur Rahimin. His mercy has encompassed every single thing. But His mercy is not given to everybody equally. And this is where it comes to our action. We start talking about what can I do? How can I get this mercy? I want it. I want to be one of those people that gets that 99 out of 100 parts of mercy on Yawm Al-Qiyam. And I want to get it in this dunya. How can I get it? We have to realize that the mercy of Allah is not given equally to everyone. The more you increase in obedience, the more you come near to Allah, the more deserving you will be of this mercy as Allah Azza wa Jal told us in the Quran, وَهَذَا كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مُبَارَكٌ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَاتَّقُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal said, this is a book, we have sent it down, bless it, so follow it and have taqwa of Allah, and obey Allah and avoid disobeying Allah, so that you may gain His mercy. Which mercy? The mercy that is reserved, the VIP, the special mercy that Allah gives to His believing slaves. And Allah said, Allah said, perform the prayer and give the zakah and obey the messenger that you might achieve mercy. So we realize that the more we fear Allah, the more mercy we will gain. The more we follow the Qur'an, the more mercy we will gain. The more we establish the prayer and perfect it, the more mercy we will gain. 
the more we give the zakah and the voluntary charity, the more mercy we will gain. And the more we obey the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the more mercy we will gain. And Allah Azza wa Jal said, Inna rahmatullahi qareebun min al-muhsineen. Indeed, the mercy of Allah is near to the muhsineen. Who are the muhsinun? The people of Ihsan, the people who do more than the basic requirement. More than just doing the halal and avoiding the haram, doing the wajibat, praying five times a day. They are not the muhsinun. The muhsinun are the people who go above that and they pray their voluntary prayers, and they give voluntary charity, and they do voluntary fasting. إِنَّ رَحْمَةَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ مِنَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ The mercy of Allah is near to those people. And Allah Azza wa Jal, as we've said, is more merciful than we are between us, even more merciful than the Prophet ﷺ was to us. And Allah described the Prophet as being merciful. He said about this messenger that came to us, Azizun alayhi ma anittum, harisun alaykum bil mu'minina raufun rahim. So Allah described the Prophet Azizun alayhi ma anittum. It's hard for him. When he sees you in difficulty, he feels hard. He really doesn't, you know, it's hard for him to see you in difficulty. Harisun alaykum, he's so keen to see you successful. Rahim, and he's kind and merciful towards the believers. And this brings us to another subtopic. The use of Ar-Rahman or Rahman and Rahim for human beings. As for Rahman, it is not permissible to use this name for a person whether with Al or without Al. So it is not permissible to say he is Ar-Rahman, nor is it permissible for him to say he is Rahman. Why? Because Ar-Rahman means the one who is the most merciful, and obviously this is Allah. And Rahman means someone whose mercy encompasses every single thing. And this is also Allah, and therefore we can't use this. As for Rahim, we can't use it with Al, and we can use it without. So we can say, my name is Rahim. But you can't say, my name is Ar-Rahim with Al. And this is like, this is the names of Allah. There are, the names of Allah in this regard can be divided into three categories. Names that cannot be given to anyone else with or without Al. Like Ar-Rahman, As-Samad, and other names that even when you take the Al away, you still can't give them to anyone else because the meaning is inappropriate for anyone other than Allah. And then there are names that if you have Al, it means for Allah. And if you take the Al away, you can use it for someone else. Because for someone else, it just means merciful. And for Allah, it means the one who bestows mercy. For example, Ar-Rahim. So the Prophet is, is given the name Rahim and Allah is Ar-Rahim with Al. And then there are some names that you can use them with Al, but the Al doesn't mean the same as the Al when it relates to Allah. For example, if I say, Ja'ul Malik, Ja'a Al Malik, the king has come. Or I say, Allah is Al Malik. The Al and the Al don't mean the same thing. The Al with regard to the human being means the king that I'm talking about that I mentioned in the previous sentence, he just came. And the Al with relates to, which relates to Allah means the supreme perfect king. So we have three categories of names. One, you can't use it for a human being with or without Al. If you have Al or you don't have Al, you can't use it. From them are Rahman, and As-Samad and some of the other names, because even when you take Al away, the meaning is impossible to be true for any human being. It can only be for Allah. As for the second group of names, if you keep Al, it is for Allah. And if you remove Al, then you can use it for someone else. So someone can't take the name Ar-Rahim, but they can take the name Rahim. 
as Allah Azza wa Jal described the Prophet Rahim. And the third category are those where you can use Al, but the Al doesn't mean the same thing. The Al doesn't mean the same as it does for Allah. For Allah, it means the most or the best or the most perfect. And for the other person, it just means that one I was talking about before. And so we will understand the names like this. So for example, a name you can't give to anyone else, we said Allah and Ilah. You can't call somebody Ilah, even without Al. Because Ilah means a God. And Al-Ilah means the God. So you can't some call someone the God and you can't call someone a God. You can't call someone Rahman or Ar-Rahman. But Rahim, yes, a person can be merciful, but not Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahim is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we have to understand that the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal is of two types. And we've alluded to this, but it's good for us to understand and clarify it. Rahmatun amma and rahmatun khasa. There is a general mercy and a specific mercy. As for the generic mercy, then this is the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attaches to knowledge. When he says, Rabbana wasi'ta kulla shay'in rahmatan wa ilma. Our Lord, you have encompassed everything in your mercy and your knowledge. Does that mean that everything, including the kafir, has the same mercy as the believer? No, it's a general mercy, like the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everything that, that, that is within the knowledge of Allah, which is everything, is within the general mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning that the mercy of Allah has reached them. There is nothing that has never experienced the mercy of Allah. Just like there is nothing that is outside of the knowledge of Allah, there is nothing that has never experienced the mercy of Allah. But this is the general mercy. And the reason we know this is because Allah mentions it with his knowledge. Rahmatan wa ilma. Mercy and knowledge. We know the knowledge has encompassed everything and nothing escapes it. So the mercy has also encompassed everything and nothing escapes it. But as for the specific mercy and the unique mercy, then this is the one that Allah blesses the believers with in this dunya and in the akhirah. Rahmatun imaniya, diniya, dunyawiya, ukhrawiya. It's a mercy that is imaniya, the mercy of iman, the mercy of faith, the mercy of the, the benefits of the dunya, the mercy of the benefits of the akhirah. This mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal that will be truly experienced Yawm Al-Qiyamah because you will experience a part of it in this dunya but you will not experience it in its absolute form except Yawm Al-Qiyamah bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. This is the mercy of At-Tawfiq and the mercy of At-Ta'ah, the mercy of Allah giving you the success to be a believer and the mercy of you being given the success to obey Allah. Because don't think you obey Allah because you're such a good Muslim. You obey Allah because Allah has showered you with his mercy and allowed you to obey him. And that is something we all have to understand. And the taysir, making things easy for us. Do you see how easy this religion of Islam is for the Muslims? How Allah has made everything easy, from wiping over the khuf, to shortening the prayer, to the issues of you know, not having to pray 50 prayers a day, only five. Allah has made this religion so easy. Allah wants ease for you and he doesn't want difficulty for you. This is from the special mercy that Allah wants only for the believers. He doesn't want this, this ease for the disbelievers. He wants it only for the believers. And this tathabbut or tathbeet, this being strong on Iman and guidance to the Sirat al-Mustaqeem and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saving us and entering us into Jannah and saving us from the hellfire, this is nothing other than the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
So we'll conclude and ask ourselves, okay, we have understood this. What is the action for us? Well, I think that the action is of two types, particularly, that I want to focus on. And maybe I will think of some more, but two I want to really focus on. The first one is found in the statement, Ar-Rahimun Rahman. And the statement, Man la yarham, la yurham. The merciful people will gain the mercy of Ar-Rahman. And the one who does not show mercy will not be shown mercy. So one of the actions we take from these two names is that we should be merciful to others. We should be merciful towards everyone. And that includes our non-Muslim neighbors and uh, people we know and we come across and colleagues. We should be merciful towards the whole of the people. Because Ahlul Sunnah and the Muslims in general, Ahlul Sunnah specifically, are the most knowledgeable of the people about Allah and the most merciful of the people towards the people. And if you ever feel this mercy slipping away from your dealings, you know that you have not implemented this statement or this, these two names in your life. They should make you merciful. Because if you recognize how merciful Allah has been to you, what do you want to do to other people? Be merciful to them. If you recognize how merciful Allah has been to you, despite your disobedience of Him, despite you turning away and not listening to Him, despite you doing what He, not giving great gratitude to Him, He still was merciful to you. Then if somebody doesn't show gratitude to you, isn't it more deserving that you would be merciful to them? If someone doesn't listen to you, isn't it more deserving that you be merciful to them? In an appropriate way. I mean, mercy has, again, as we're going to listen, everything has a balance. So it's not the case that, you know, somebody is, I don't know, stabbing you with a knife and you're being merciful to them. At the end of the day, it has to have a fiqh and an understanding. But our first position and our first attempt is mercy towards everyone. We are merciful to others because we want Allah to be merciful to us. And the second and the greater of the two, this is the greater point of the two, but it's going to take me a while to explain, is that whenever you hear these two names, how can you hear these two names and ever lose hope in Allah after you heard these two names? After you heard that it is more likely that a mother would throw her baby into Jahannam then, you, then Allah would put you there. How is it after that you could ever, ever lose hope in Allah? And you could ever say, I don't think Allah will forgive me. I don't think Allah will have mercy on me. I am heading for Allah's punishment. That doesn't mean you get tricked and fooled. That doesn't mean you fool yourself and you say, I'm free. I will never be tried. I will never be tested. No, it's a balance again. But how is it that anyone can ever despair of the mercy of Allah after you hear this? Nobody despairs of the help of Allah except for the disbelieving people. They are the people who despair that Allah will ever have mercy on them. As for a Muslim, you never ever feel that you have reached such a level that it is impossible that Allah would have mercy on you. And you never ever say about someone else, Allah will never have mercy on them. Because of the narration that when you say this, perhaps Allah would say, regarding the forgiveness, that if you say Allah will never forgive this person, perhaps Allah will say, as has been narrated, that who is it among my slaves who says, I will not forgive so and so, I have forgiven him and I have ruined your deeds. You never say that someone will, you know, Allah will never have mercy, except those which their mercy has been proven that they will not have mercy. But the reality is, there is a balance, there is a fiqh. And I, I want you to understand this balance so you don't make a mistake. You know, you don't go around and say, well, maybe, you know, this evil person who is attacking the Muslims, Allah will have mercy on them. There is an understanding, there is a fiqh. But you don't rush to take the mercy or to take someone away from the mercy of Allah and especially not yourself. 
you always feel that there is a chance for you and there is a hope for you. And that doesn't mean that you're this really pious wali of Allah It just means that Allah's mercy is so great that you can never sink that low. You can never go that low. It doesn't mean that we are really high, but we can never go low enough that we would escape the opportunity for that mercy. But that doesn't mean the mercy is guaranteed, Ikhwani. It doesn't mean that that mercy is guaranteed in such a way that there is, you know, you have a guarantee, here's your ticket to Jannah, just exchange it at the door. It doesn't work like that. You are always within arm's reach of the mercy of Allah. You're always within the ability to have that mercy bestowed upon you. But if you don't seek it and you don't work for it, there will be people who lose it. And there will be people who don't get that special mercy and they restrict themselves to the general mercy alone. And that's why we always have to remember that balance between fear and hope. And we'll talk about that when we talk about Ad-Dayyan and Maliki Yawmiddin and Al-Malik and Al-Malik. We'll talk about that fear. But that fear has to be balanced, the hope and the fear. So if you find yourself lazy, and you find yourself, you're not praying, you're not doing anything, and you can't be bothered, and you're just like, oh Allah Kareem, Allah will have mercy on me. Then at this time, you increase your fear. You remember the people that Allah How many villages we just destroyed them? How many people Allah destroyed them in one single destruction? But when you feel yourself feeling like, I feel maybe I feel despair, I feel sad, I feel like Allah, I am far away from Allah's mercy, you remember nobody. There is nobody who is far away from Allah's mercy. You have the opportunity there, but you have to go and you have to do the actions that will earn you that mercy in terms of your obedience, as we said, your taqwa, your following of the Quran and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you're praying the prayer and you're giving the zakah. These are the things that bring you near to the mercy of Allah The mercy of Allah is near to those people who do good. So if you want to get near to it and you find yourself far away from it, you need to do the actions that are going to bring you near to that mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this, these are the two names, Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim and some of an explanation about them. It's a, a very long topic and how we should act upon them. As we said, primarily we got we came, I think, with three things in the end. Number one is that we should be merciful to others. Number two, we should never despair of the mercy of Allah or feel that we are it's impossible for us to ever do enough to get there. And thirdly, that we gain the mercy of Allah through good deeds, through taqwa through obedience to the Prophet ﷺ, through following the Qur'an, through giving the zakah and performing the salah. And finally, I just want you to reflect upon a person who doesn't gain this mercy of Allah. Someone who Yawm Al-Qiyamah does not gain the special mercy. To imagine a person who was so close to the mercy of Allah, but didn't get it. You know, that's like the person who was dying and just needed one sip of, you know, one breath of oxygen, but the, it was just, the mask was just a millimeter beyond their finger. You know, you imagine that you're surrounded by the mercy of Allah. How could a person come Yawm Al-Qiyamah and not get it? That would have to be the true loss. This is the absolute loss for a person to be so close to that mercy that you're never, you know, you're never outside of it. It's always around you. And then for that person to miss out on it, this is absolute loss. This is a person who truly lost. And you can't get it unless Allah gives you the tawfiq and the hidayah, the guidance and the success for you to get it. And that just shows that you can be like the person who came within one millimeter of survival, but just missed out by a millimeter. You can be standing right next to the cause for your mercy. How many people today, wallahi, how many people today, stood outside this masjid, Salatul Isha, they are less than 10 meters away from the mercy of Allah, but they didn't come for the Salah. 
and instead they went out and they went to these places and they sat and they ate and they played and they they joked and they jested and they were only 10 meters or 100 meters or 50 meters away from the mercy of Allah but they couldn't take those few steps that's you and me unless Allah has mercy on us we will be those people outside who can't take those steps into the mercy of Allah unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mercy on us so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ar-Rahman ar-Rahim to have mercy on us to shower us with his mercy in this world and in the akhirah to make us from those people who are who gain his special mercy in this dunya and in the akhirah and to make us from those people who show mercy to others so that mercy can be shown to us wallahu tabarak wa ta'ala